Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you, and I appreciate you being with me today. Our perspective today comes from Jay Dunn. She is located in Georgia. She is an expert in genetics, biochemistry, and nutrition. She is part of an organization called My Happy Genes. And uh, she joins us. Uh, Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate the invitation. Oh, you bet. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your role in healthcare? Uh, yeah, I I started my journey in healthcare as many healthcare practitioners do, kind of looking for my own answers for health issues, and I didn't find them with the traditional medical establishment. So I kind of started looking toward alternatives and uh, didn't know anything about it, but ended up being, you know, get, because it helped me. I ended up becoming a kinesiologist. I did muscle testing and then found that I was getting incredible results with people and then went on to become a chiropractor. Did that for 32 years, doing functional medicine, chiropractic, emotional work, nutrition, all the things. Um, and then uh, then I got into the whole genetic thing, which is a whole whole nother topic. Okay, so tell me, I'm, I'm intrigued. When you say you got into the genetic thing, what, what exactly does that entail? Well, it's a good question because I, I, um, there were some things that were bothering me. If, you know, I had a very successful practice in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and had a, about a year waiting list. But I, there were people that I couldn't get well. And as you know, if you're a healthcare practitioner, you get this. You're like, those are the people we take home. We think about like, what am I missing? What is the missing piece? And then um, my own health. I, I was always struggling with brain chemistry issues, depression, some pretty severe depression and fatigue. And I couldn't really seem to get my own issues solved. And then the other thing that made me think that maybe there were some things missing was sort of a long-term experiment um, that was done inadvertently. My father died when he was 55 of lung cancer. No big mystery there. He did everything he could to get lung cancer. (laughs) I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh at that, but I I understand. Yeah, true. Like all the things that they say not to do, because at least the cancer, he didn't. But um, his, his best friend, George, ended up marrying my mother after my dad died. And he was doing the same things. He was smoking, drinking, not eating good food, not exercising, stress very high. He lived another 30 years doing the same thing. And so the only thing you can say is that ah, has to be genetics, right? So I started to hear this term methylation and it was, you know, I heard it in the allopathic world and I heard it in the alternative world and I was like, what is that? You know, so I started digging into that and I came across this video uh, by a man named Rich von Koninenberg. He was, uh, uh, his son actually had Epstein-Barr virus and myalgic encephalitis and he was starting to study with a woman named Amy Yasko, who was doing uh, research into genetics and how it affects uh, susceptibility to autism. 
And so I'm listening to his webinar or his uh, seminar. It was recorded. You can actually still see it today. And I was like, my mouth was dropped open and I, I was just like, oh my God, missing piece, total missing piece. This has to be it. And so it got my attention and I got my genes tested. I went to get, I did 23andMe and I did Ancestry and I put my results through. There's some different templates, different software programs you can put your gene results into. And um, I got, uh, you know, a few genes. It was like one that was genetic genie, which is way back when. It's kind of old school, but it gave me some information. And I started following that rabbit trail. One of the genes that I had inherited is called the vitamin D receptor variant. And so, you know, you get one gene from mom, one gene from dad, and that code tells your body how to make certain things, whether it's a vitamin D receptor or lactose, you know, if you're, or lactase, if you're trying to digest lactose, whatever. So um, I had inherited a genetic variant there that was homozygous, which means that both my parents gave me the wrong code for that particular thing. So now I can't, so I'm like, oh, it makes sense. I could never get my vitamin D levels up, no matter how much vitamin D I took. Uh, I had inherited a variant that didn't allow me to absorb vitamin D. And so we know, and you probably know through even, you know, through all these uh, interviews, how important vitamin D is to our health. It's how we make uh, neurotransmitters. It's how we make dopamine. It's how we make serotonin. It's how our immune system functions correctly. It's how we absorb minerals to make bone, you know, formation. So it's super, super important. And I could never get my D levels up. And so... I started looking into the concept, which is how do we make up for that? How do we fix mm. that? How do we work with that? And uh, digging into the literature, and I found a lot of really cool references showing that, that, that the vitamin D receptor has cofactors that will make up for the fact that you inherited that genetic variant. I started taking those cofactors, and suddenly my brain started making neurotransmitters. Boom, dopamine, serotonin, and I felt happy. I was like, oh, I think this is happy. I've heard about it. <laughs> I just, I had never felt it. You know, it's like you just, sure. if you, yeah, you know, you understand the term, but if you've never felt it, it doesn't, it's not real. And I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, okay. If it worked for me, it's got to work for other people and started using it on my patients, the ones that I wasn't getting well. I started to understand the concepts of, okay, if you have a genetic variant here, these are the cofactors you need to take. Don't take these because they're going to send you the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. So we started to get targeted nutrition based on our genetics and things started to get well. People started to get well. I mean, the people I couldn't really get anywhere with, I'm talking Parkinson's, ALS, MS. Uh, but, but one of the main things that we saw like very quickly was the brain chemistry just boom, started to come on and regulate. It's, it's it's so interesting because um, I had a former guest on who was talking about the difference between not being sick and being well. And I think mm -hmm. that what you're talking about there is taking people and seeing them move to a state of wellness rather than just, you know, avoiding being sick. I, let me ask this then. What does quality health care mean to you? Quality health care. Well, that's a good question. And I think, you know, we talked briefly before we started this interview and one of the things that my patients always asked for was more time. I want, I want to be heard. I want to tell my story. I want 
some understanding. I want some explanation. And so they don't want to be just told, here, take this pill, take this supplement, take, you know, they want to understand. They really want to have their power back, you know, and I, that's the biggest thing that I've seen with my patients is like, just explain it to me. I'm smart enough to understand if it makes sense. They've been disempowered by the, you know, traditional medical establishment who has like five minutes, if that, to give to their patients and they don't have time to explain why they're taking that medication or uh, why they are told to do this particular diet. So quality healthcare to me means making that patient the center of, you know, making sure that they're happy with, with what you're doing. They understand what you're doing and they, um, they really get it why you're doing what you're doing and they're a participant in the, in the whole process. Yeah. It's again, it's interesting because if, if you as the practitioner are not giving them the information that they need. They're going to go in search of that inf- information. And when you talk about rabbit trails, you when you hit yeah. Google and you put in a diagnosis, there are so many different ways that you can go with this, so many different thoughts. And, and, and it, it can be, part of it can be unsettling because there is just so much information. Um, right. But part of it can also be very empowering because now you're, People are seeing like, oh, there are other people out there that are like me, other people out there that experience what I have and let's hear about what works for them. And, and, you know, listen, I have a disability. And one of the things that we talk about in the disability community uh, is the fact that knowledge is power. And so in this day and age with Google, people are coming into the office with a lot more information because it's available. And when they're leaving the office, they have access to even more, but I think you're, what you're saying is that the medical provider is no longer like the, the know all and, and be all of when you come in, they say, take this. And, um, but now they are part of the, the knowledge base and they're more of a guide than they are a, you know, a definitive answer. So uh, can you give me an example of quality healthcare. An example of quality healthcare. Well, you know, I think really it's it's being it's giving that patient what they came for, you know. So if they want blood work, they want genetic testing, they want, you know, functional medicine testing, then you you give them that. If they don't want that, if they want they want you to tell them what to do. Uh, here, just take this supplement, do this thing, and and you'll be better. There's there's that whole spectrum of of what people want when they come in for uh, for a visit. So I think it's just putting the power in their hands and you know and giving them the the driving you know that make them the driver of okay, what can I do for you? How can I serve you best? What's going to make you feel the most supported by what I'm doing? So. I think, you know, it's having, like, I had a lot of tools in my bag. I had people that would come in and say, I want emotional work. I just want to clear these emotional issues because I think that's the core of what's going on with me. Like, okay, we can do that. Or I want you to test, you know, as a muscle tester, we would test them on foods. Just tell me what foods are good, what foods are bad, and, I, and then we'll go home. Other people are like, no, I'm in your hands. Tell me what is going on with my body. Give me the information to understand it. And they want, you know, they want me to kind of drive. So I think an example of quality healthcare is, you know, again, putting them in the driver's seat and uh, helping them as much as they want to be helped. And, and, and you know, I, we, we uh, my partner and I, 
in my happy genes, the, the program that we developed for analyzing genetics, we developed a concept called P a PhD in me. So um, some patients want to know, you know, what do I do when I have a cold? Instead of calling you, give me some ideas of things that I can do at home to take care of myself. And I love that concept. And I taught for years a kinesiology class for lay people because I wanted them to be able to test for just minor bumps and bruises and, you know, tummy aches and colds and flus and stuff like that. We should put that back in the hands of people and uh, that would free up practitioners to really be there for the, you know, the chronic stuff and the stuff that we need more help with. You know, it is so funny to hear you say that because you and I are on the same page here and, and I'll explain. So as a keynote speaker, I talk to medical organizations about patient and family centered care. And one of the things that I, I, sometimes one of the presentations that I do is called Robology 101. And my, <laughs> my take on it is I have an advanced degree in me, which is what exactly what you're talking about, a PhD in me. I've got my lived experience. I've got the knowledge that I have learned about, you know, I've got a spinal cord injury. I'm a C5, 6 quad. I, I have acquired the lived experience and I've acquired the knowledge of going through this whole thing. And, and when I come in to meet with a medical professional, there needs to be a mutual respect to say, uh, I pre I'm coming to you because you have an expertise, but you also need to respect where I'm coming from because I've got um, an expertise on my side and let's it's mutual agreement. And um, the one other thing I'll mention is when you talk about putting the patient in the driver's seat, sometimes when they come in and they're asking for something, if you listen to them and they, they will tell you why they're asking for that. And that may open up a whole nother realm of possibilities because they're asking for, they're asking for what they know. Um, yeah. And once you find out why they, why they want it, it may really interface with what you know and open up a whole new, um, whole new realm of possibility as well. Yeah. What do you wish people understood about your role in healthcare? Well, it's a really good question, Rob, because I've really done a huge paradigm shift since I got into the whole genetic piece. I really understand more about why we are the way we are and it, it, the compassion that it generates, you know, for, for myself and my patients as well. You know, having suffered from depression the, my, my, mostly, most of my life, almost my entire life, um, I beat myself up about it. You know, I did, it's like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I just think positively? And we do that. We look at people and we go, could, could they just put down the donut and go out for a walk? You know, why, mm -hmm. why are they heavy? And what I've come to realize is that there's often, there are often genetic variants. There's biochemical reasons why they're doing what they're doing. So there's this whole shift uh, that I really want people to understand about uh, thinking about these things as symptoms, not as faults. So, uh, you know, when I look at, you know, again, d depression, anxiety, all of those things, all those mental health kind of things, there's a reason for it. Usually it's a biochemical reason. And then we start to think up, oh, well, Maybe it's because I had a hard childhood or I was raped or I was traumatized or whatever. We have a story to kind of explain our physiology when it's actually backwards. If we get our physiology balanced, then the story becomes a minor player. We go, yeah, that happened. And we all know people who have been through traumas but aren't traumatized for the rest of their lives. 
So um, often it's a physiological imbalance that then kind of perpetuates those things. So it's about understanding some, understanding what we would have considered faults in the past as actual symptoms of an underlying imbalance. So it's, it's a little different. Yeah. I, again, it's so interesting to hear you say that because you're right. There are two different two different people go through the same experience, and they and it affects both of them differently. Which is is your example. Very interesting. What excites you about the future of healthcare? I'm super excited about incorporating the genetic piece. I really am because there are some major answers under there, and it's uh, you know again it's a it's a paradigm shift. But I'm super excited because it gives us some really good answers for things that we didn't have answers for before. Uh, like I say, I'm seeing things reverse that they said aren't reversible. I mean, I had a I did a study in my clinic of Hashimoto's patients and 100% of them reversed their Hashimoto's and they say that can't be done. Mm-hmm. With autoimmune diseases, we're seeing them reverse. Um, I'm, and I'm super excited about you know the brain chemistry piece because we're, there's so many people suffering from brain chemistry issues, uh, especially now, you know, after going through COVID and being isolated and you know, not having our socialization that we need to kind of keep our brain chemistry balanced. So um, I'm super excited to bring a natural solution to those issues to the world rather than medications and diagnoses of, sorry, you're just going to have to learn to live with it. I'm I'm not okay with that because there are answers. So super excited about that. Yeah, such a, such a powerful, a, a powerful thing as we look towards the future. Uh, yeah. Last question for you. What is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? Medical professionals. That's a pretty big, broad term. <laughs> so I, I, I just really encourage, because I'm seeing the incredible value of looking at the genetic piece. And I know everybody's like hot on genetics right now, but really understanding that you can work with them. Uh, I would love to see the medical profession. So we des- I designed this company called My Happy Genes that allows, the, you know, to, allows medical professionals of all kinds to look at the genes. And then the, the algorithm that we've developed gives them diet, lifestyle, and supplementation. So it makes it easy for them to implement a protocol. So I would love to see them start to use that because we're seeing that that is a foundation to start with. And then all the other things, all the other modalities they can use can be on top of that. But, you know, getting back to the listening thing, I think number one is just listening to our patients. You know? Yeah. It, it really is. Well said. And what I'm thinking about is from a genetic, from a genetic perspective, um, sometimes people are given a prescription or, you know, told to do this and let's see if it works. Whereas if you're looking at the genes beforehand, you may have an indicator that says this is more or less likely to work. And so uh, rather than it, it's going to help you in finding the correct treatment plan for the individual and helping them to, as you said, helping them to be well, instead of just trying to move them away from uh, being sick. So Listen, Jay, thank you so much for being with me today. I, I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate your time and I respect your perspective on healthcare. Thank Thanks you for so listening much. to Perspectives on Healthcare. Thanks. 
Visit PerspectivesOnHealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.